Turn with me over to Luke, the 15th chapter. There's a story there in the book of Luke that's related concerning um, the prodigal son. Begin reading with the 11th verse. He said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods uh, that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood, and not many days after this, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed in a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. I mean, you know, just riotous living is what it, what it amounts to. And uh, uh, and when he had spent all, there rose a famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the goods, uh, with the pods that the swine uh, ate, and, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, now that, there's the key right there. How many knows that's the key to our victories when we finally come to ourselves? Uh, sometimes we try to work out problems in our own strength and our own wisdom, but when we finally come to ourselves and realize we can't do it, we call on the one that can, and that's the Lord. Amen? He said, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. See, his in his mind was the hired servants were better off than he was. <laughs> and they really were, because they had all they needed, all the clothes they needed, all the food they needed, a roof over their head, anything they needed. They got wages for what they did, and here he was fending for himself in a pig's pen and not getting anywhere in life. And he said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and all the sandals on, and, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf. Here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. This is my son who was dead and is alive, and again he was lost, he's found, and they began to be merry. Now, this goes on to talk about his older brother there, that uh, he was a prodigal even though he lived in the son in his father's house. <laughs> because he said, Father, you never did this for me. You never had a big party for me. You never killed the fatted calf for me. And the father just looked at him. And, and this is the truth. How many times in, in, in the house of God and in the kingdom of God do you have people complaining, well, God never does anything good for me. He always blesses somebody else. Somebody's testifying about how God brought them through a financial struggle or a, a physical problem or uh, a, a relationship problem. And, and they're telling about the blessings of the Lord. And, and people say, well, Lord, you never did nothing for me. And you know what God tells you? Just like he told the older son. Well, all I have is yours. <laughs> Amen. All, I, all the mercy I have is yours. All the provisions I have is yours. All the health I have is yours. Everything's yours already. So it's yours. So the prodigal came home. And there's a lot of people who walk the aisle to be saved. 
but have not received the full revelation of what's happened. This is what's sad. We traveled. I mean, I've, I've pastored probably half of my ministry and traveled the other half of my ministry around the world and different things. But everywhere you go, there's people that have this attitude. You know, they've been in the house of the Lord. They've walked the aisle. But they don't have that revelation of really what's took place. They don't have that revelation of what true salvation is. Uh, they still have sorrow. They still have grief. They still have problems. They still have um, fleshly problems, works of the flesh. We, we call it works of the flesh. It's really called S-I-N, sin. Amen? You take the I out of sin and you don't have any sin. <laughs> But, you know, but sin is the, is the barrier between us and God. It's sin. You don't have to be out here and be a drunkard or a, a harlot or a, a drug pusher or a drug user. You, that, that sin, some of those people can get a revelation of God's mercy and grace quicker than the people that's religious in the, in, in the church and never get that revelation of the grace of God and the goodness of God and the glory of the Lord and the provisions of God. Spiritually, physically, financially, all of it. It's ours. But they've walked the aisle, never known what's happened. And what happens is these people suffer what we call discontentment. They're not content. They're discontented. They're, they're not really truly happy in the Lord. Discontentment is a lack of joy and peace. They've not come to that full realization of who they are and the reality of the redemption that Jesus has done for them. Now, the word redeem and redemption, I'm going to give you the definition of it. It's, it's finding its context in the social, legal, and religious customs of the ancient world. Uh, it's the metaphor of redemption includes the ideals of loosing from a bond, setting free from captivity or slavery, Bind back something lost or sold, exchanging something on in one's possession for something possessed by another, and ransoming it. That's what redeemed is. I don't know if I, 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 I'm sure some of us have been in that position sometime or other when we were younger, you know, and and we needed some quick cash. How many's ever needed quick cash? And you find something that's a little value in the home, you take it over to what we call a pawn shop. And they give you uh, a value that's not worth what that what what it's really worth. They're going to give you a value that they know that, that they're going to get some money back if you don't come back and redeem it. And how many's ever had to do that? But I, isn't it a good feeling when you go in there and you pay that money out? And of course, that high interest that goes with it, you know. And you pay it out, and and you get it, and they give you your your property back and give you that little slip saying it's been redeemed. Isn't that a good feeling? Well, you know what? The Lord has redeemed us. He's purchased us, and we belong to the Lord. Can you say praise God? We're redeemed. We're redeemed. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, redemption involves deliverance from bondage based on the payment of a price by a Redeemer. The Hebrew root word for this, I just want to kind of give you a word lesson here. The Hebrew root word for uh, redeemed or redemption is this. Uh, it comes from, there's three verbs actually in the, in the Bible. Uh, the first one is apada. It's a legal term concerning the substitution required for the person or animal delivered. In other words, uh, you're, you're, uh, it's a legal term, the, the verb pada. You're redeemed. You're purchased. And you've been 
bought back. Then there's another verb. It's called gael, G-A-A-L. I, I, I'm probably not pronouncing it like the Hebrew should, but it's a, it's a legal term for the deliverance of some person, property, or right to which one had a previous claim through family relation or possession. And uh, goel, the, part of, the participle of gael, is the t- term for the person who performed the duties of redeemer. In other words, you've got the one that's going to come purchase and redeem it. And then the meaning of that third verb is kapar, and that means to cover, to cover sins, uh, to cover, uh, it's to atone or to make uh, ex, uh, expectation or associated meanings. Uh, it's the, uh, uh, the word koper means ransom, is of interest uh, in it that it signifies a price paid for a life that's become a forfeit. In other words, you're important to God. Every one of us are important to the Lord. I'll never forget the time when that hit my spirit. I'm redeemed. I've been purchased. I've been bought by the blood. I have become God's property and His possession now. I'm redeemed, delivered, set free. Bondages have broken off. Because of what Jesus did. How many remembers when you first got that revelation? I tell you what, there's a lot of people, though, that still come to the house of the Lord that don't have the revelation because, you know what, most of the time the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not preached. The gospel is the cross. The gospel is what Jesus did on that cross. The gospel is what he did after he was put in the ground and come up out of the grave. And he took the blood and presented it to the Father and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in the holies of holies in heaven itself. And that revelation comes alive and you realize you're redeemed. You're purchased. You don't belong to this world any longer. You don't belong to the devil any longer. You're no longer under his power or his control any longer. Now, I'm not talking to people this morning that are struggling with sin. Oh, some of you may be. Some may be listening by Facebook and watching by Facebook. But where we have that struggle with sin so much, but we just have that struggle of identification. That struggle of identifying who we are in Christ and who He is to us and what He's done for us. We have that trouble with that identification. And because of that, we don't have that what you call true joy of the Lord. That joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. I, I, you know what? I, I've seen people walk the aisles and, and come down and they go through a prayer. And, and I'm not against that. It's all by faith anyway, right? It, it's done by faith. If they're praying in faith, I'm not going to deny that. But you know what? I have found out that if they really, as they're praying, and all of a sudden they begin to weep, and they, not, not for sadness, but for joy. And they begin to weep with joy, knowing as they're saying this prayer, repeating a prayer, or whatever it might be. I always had them to repeat the gospel. I mean, I had them to repeat what the Word said. And when they come alive in their hearts, you could see their eyes light up, tears streaming down their face. And they realize, I am a different person. I'm redeemed. I'm bought, purchased. By the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Now, I've seen some that never did get that. <laughs> I've seen some that just walk out the door and they just come in and 
and they go out the same way they came in. They, they You can say words. You can get a lot of you can get a thousand people at one time to say words. But the percentage of them that really know what they're saying and believing it. Isn't that what Paul preached and taught? If you'll confess with your mouth and believe. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. That, that word believe there is you're totally convinced. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. You're totally convinced victory is ours. You're totally convinced it's exactly what God said it could be. Amen? But I want to talk about the three R's of redemption. I call it the three R's of redemption because they all start with an R. <laughs> but the first one is we're reconciled. We're reconciled. How many glad you're reconciled? The word reconciled actually means someone or something completely altered and adjusted to a required standard. We're reconciled. Person can be estranged from their family. Husbands and wives can be estranged from each other. Children can be estranged from their families. Aunts and uncles can be estranged from the family. Friends can be estranged. Meaning that it's not adjusted properly. See, what God does when we get Born again, we're saved. And I know I'm talking to mostly born-again people this morning, but you know what? We need to understand what took place. When we know that we're born again, we're adjusted. We're put in place. We're, we're in the right spot. We're, we're in the right position. God puts us where we belong. And we're adjusted to that. And we're, we've been reconciled. How many ever had to reconcile uh, a bank account. My wife is one. I tell you what, I used to just go ahead and if I was 10 cents off, I'd just add 10 cents or subtract it, you know. And I'd reconcile it that way. But you know what? After a few years, those 10 cents adds up. <laughs> and you find out you're hundreds of dollars off. <laughs> but my wife is one. She's particular about, boy, she wants it down to the penny. Right down to the penny. And I'm thankful for that. Because she's, I mean, I got that way before she come along too. But God got a hold of me, you know, instead of just nonchalantly just going, well, okay, we'll just even it out here. <laughs> no, let's get it right down to the penny. We need to be reconciled. And when you reconcile that account, you're getting it right down to the penny of where it should be. Your reconciliation is there. And see, a lot of times we haven't, when we come into the house of the Lord and we come to the kingdom of God, We've got to be adjusted. We've got to be reconciled back to the Father. We've been estranged from God. We've been estranged from the Lord. God never forsook His people. The people forsook God. And God never leaves us nor departs from us. But He's with us always, according to the Word, even to the end of the world. God does not move from His position. If anybody moves, it's us. It could be that we haven't, you know, been as close to the Lord in prayer as we should. 
reading the Word like we should. Finding somebody that needs a little love like we should. Somebody that needs a little forgiveness and forgive like we should. All of these things is part of reconciliation. We need to get reconciled and get everything in order again. Praise God. Look at the 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 19. This is what Paul says. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old things. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. See, God did the reconciling. Man tried to reconcile one time. Remember that? They did it by law. They did it, not by, did it all by these things. But it took Jesus Christ, the supreme sacrifice, the Lamb of God, the supreme Lamb of God, to reconcile us back to Himself through Jesus Christ. And He has also given us the ministry of reconciliation. See, once we get reconciled, guess what? We're going to be like Jesus. And we're going to have the ministry of reconciliation ourselves and getting people reconciled back to the Lord. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Look at Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Still talking about being reconciled. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God. There's a, there's a gospel going around in our, in our world today that's really anti-Bible. And they use the term grace, but they use it so loosely that there's no change in people. I made this statement one time in a church, and uh, and I raised some eyebrows. I said, I've heard this terminology, God loves you just like you are. Now, hear me out. God does love everybody, wherever they are, whatever they are, He loves them. Amen? But we as believers, we're getting away with, I call it greasy grace because we say, God loves me just like I am. And I told him that morning, I said, God does not love you like you are. If you're lying, God doesn't love it. If you're committing adultery, God doesn't love it. If you're stealing, God doesn't love it. If you're causing discord, God doesn't love it. Amen? So he does not love, if I'm doing these things, God does not love me just like I am. He loves me. He loved me enough that he sent Jesus Christ to reconcile us back to the Father. But we have to accept it. We have to believe it. But you see, when, when this reconciliation takes place, there's a change that takes place. How many knows when you got saved, boy, you just couldn't hardly wait to get back to church? Now people can't hardly wait to stay away from church. <laughs> Not us. Amen? 
But how many knows what I'm saying? I, I mean, we, 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 well, we're, we're reconciled. Everybody say, I'm reconciled. And it says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. We have access into this grace, God's grace, God's unmerited favor. But there's two aspects of grace. You've got the favor of God that brings you into the body of Christ. Then you've got that grace, which means the ability of God and God's enabling power in you to help you stay and be an overcomer. It's the grace of God. Paul's tried to get the Lord to move something that was happening in his life. Three times he prayed, and finally the Lord said, Paul, my grace. And that word grace there, when you begin to study it out in the original Greek and in and, and, and the Hebrew definitions, it means my ability, my divine ability is sufficient for you. Whatever it is you're going through, my grace is there. God's grace is in our life. So being justified, we have peace, and through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, I'm just going to preface that with this fact. A person that's been reconciled is a joyful person. Hallelujah. We're happy. We're joyful. We're excited. I'm happy to be saved. I'm excited to be saved. And we rejoice in that hope of the glory of God. And this is what Paul said in Romans. Now, over in Romans, the fifth chapter, also in the first and the second verse, Paul's still writing. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles, once were Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. In other words, one time we, we were just like the world. We were like the world. Now, can I, can I just add another thing here? They had a testimony service one night, and this little lady got up, and she's testifying. She's talking about the devil. The devil's been after me all day long. Bless his holy name. Well, we knew what she was. She wasn't talking about the devil being holy, but, but you know, that's just our terminology that comes out. You know, we, we have that terminology coming out. And, uh, <laughs> but we haven't quite understood the fact of, of the grace of the Lord and, you know, who we are now. And we need to thank God that we have the blessings of the Lord in our life. The grace of God is there. Can you say amen? Look, but look what he said now. You, that's called circumcision made by the flesh by hands. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, separated from the blessings of the Lord, not feeling like you belong. Have you ever felt like that? You know? I've been in other countries before, and I felt surely felt like I didn't belong. You know, <laughs> I didn't know the customs or anything else. 
I was over in uh, Ghana, West Africa, and they was making a, a lunch for us, and and it's gonna call. It was called fufu. And I said, hmm, okay, sounds good, whatever it is. And I looked out there, and, and he had these young black ladies, and they were out there, and they had little skirts up right around their knees, and they had they were barefooted, and they were in this stuff, and they were just stepping on it and just dancing around on it, and just and I said, what are they doing? He said, they're making our foo-foo. I tried to look as serious as I could. I wanted to go puke. <laughs> but I said, oh, how long does it take? Oh, they'll do that for about an hour. I said, okay. Well, to be honest, when it came time to eat, I found some polite way not to eat. I mean, I'm sure it was delicious, and I'm sure that they meant well. But, you know, the customs, I was just alien from that. <laughs> Amen? Now, I know you have to be proper and, and do something, just, just, you know, suck it up and do it, you know, and uh, go puke later, you know. But we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off or have been brought near or made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. At one time, we were aliens, strangers from the covenants of promise. I st- there's still people you run into. People come in prayer lines and, and for prayer, and uh, and I ask them what they need, and they say, "Well, I need this, but I'm not worthy of it. I, I don't think I, I don't think I deserve this." I said, "Well, what are you up here for prayer for then?" You know, I I, I'm, I, I know that's, that's pretty stern and strict, but you know, if somebody comes for prayer and then they say, "Well, they don't deserve it," I said, "Well, what are you up here for? If you don't deserve it, why don't you go sit down?" And they look at me, and I said, no, I'm just trying to get a point over to you. See, you deserve it because Jesus made you deserving of it. It's by His grace. It's not by your goodness that you're getting anything. It's by the grace of God that we're receiving. It's through His grace and His love towards us. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. God wants to set free. God wants to mend homes. God wants to do these things. But we have to come to that place where we know we're worthy of it. We're worthy through the blood of Jesus. And we've been made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen? Been brought near. Now, so we're, we have been reconciled. Everybody say, I'm reconciled. That means we're reconciled. You know, that's when you have a tiff with somebody you know. And you don't want to talk to them. And they come up to you and you just, hmm, just walk on by and somebody said, what's wrong? Nothing. Well, there is something wrong. <laughs> Amen. You, you, don't, you, you don't just walk by and just, just snub them and just lift your head up. No, no, something's wrong. So we need to get down to the bottom of it. Amen. And, and, we, and we need to find out exactly what, what the Lord is doing. So reconcile. We need to be reconciled. Hallelujah. And it's the grace of God. Now, the other part of this thing is we're redeemed. 
We're reconciled, but now we're redeemed. That word redeem, remember, it's to liberate by payment. The Greek means loosing away. We're redeemed. We've loosed. We're loosed. What did Jesus tell the woman that touched the hem of his garment? Woman, thou art loosed from this infirmity. What did Jesus read to the, to the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple that day? And he read over there in Isaiah where it talked about the, 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 the uh, anointing of God upon him to, to loose the bands of wickedness and to undo heavy burdens and to, to heal and to deliver and to redeem. And then he sat down, and when he sat down, he sat down in the highest honored chair in the temple that day, and everybody's eyes beheld him. Jesus was exposed to himself, I am that Redeemer. <laughs> I am the sacrifice. I am the one that's going to bring all of this about. But we're loosed. Woman, thou art loosed from this infirmity. We need to, we're loosed from inferiority complexes. We're loosed from shyness or timidity. We're loosed from anger. We're loosed from all of these other things that, that come in against us, you know. But we're, we're loosed in the name of Jesus. We're loosed. How many glad you're loosed today? Amen. We are loosed in the name of the Lord. Now, that word redeem means to be liberated by payment. In Him we have redemption. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of of His grace. We have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. That word forgiveness means to remit, cancel out, no more. Hallelujah. We have forgiveness, and then it's according to the riches of His grace, depending on the riches of His grace. Dependent up on the grace of God. How many glass not dependent on somebody else's attitude towards you? It's dependent on the grace of God. God's love. God's forgiveness. We're redeemed. Now, look at First uh, Peter 2, verse 18, 19. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Not only do the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this, comment, this is commendable if because of uh, conscious toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. In other words, we're redeemed now. We can be like Jesus. And we can let His love flow through us. Now, here's the benefits of being redeemed. Number one, forgiveness. Forgiveness. That word forgive means to cancel out as though you never did it. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that makes me rejoice. That makes me excited. That makes me happy. Because it, we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1, verse 14. Ephesians 1, 7, in Him, in him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So the, the forgiveness is there. Number two, we're justified. We have justification. To being freely justified by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. So we're justified. Number three, we've got His, we're, we're God's possession. We belong to God. 
We're God's property. We belong to Him this morning. So uh, the Bible says this in First uh, Corinthians six, verse nineteen, twenty. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we have that. We're the possession of the Lord now. We're the property of God. So we're going to glorify God in our body, spirit, and mind. Hallelujah. So we're we're redeemed. Number four, we're redeemed from the curse of the law. We're redeemed. The Bible said in Galatians 3, verse 13, He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us that is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy 28 begins to list all of the blessings of God if they obey. How many knows it didn't take very many verses to, to list the blessings of the Lord? When God does something, He does it well. But all the curses that they were liberated and redeemed from, it took a lot of verses to put all of that, and it begins to list all of the verses. You ought to read Deuteronomy 28 just to see what you've been redeemed from. Hallelujah. And begin to claim it in the name of the Lord. We're redeemed. Spirit, soul, and body, we're redeemed, we're purchased, we're bought, we belong to the Lord. So we're redeemed from the curse. He's redeemed us from our enemies. Psalms 136, verse 24. He's rescued us from our enemies, for His mercy endures forever. He's redeemed our life from destruction. In Psalms 103, verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. So we're redeemed, we're reconciled, we're redeemed, and then restoration comes. The three R's. This is the third one. Restoration. That brings it back to the former condition. The former condition. Remember when Adam was created? He was perfect. Adam and Eve were perfect beings. They were created by God. Satan came in, told a lie. They believed a lie. They forsook their own mercy by believing lying vanities. And they, they, they ended up by the whole human race being touched and affected by it. But thank God, God didn't leave them there. He came forth and he even did the first sacrifice for them right there and gave them the forgiveness and the covering that they needed in the Lord. But now then we're restored and restore brings back to the former condition. God wants to bring us back to that condition to where we know we're we're God's children. He's our Father. We can talk to Him. We can let God minister to us. <clears throat> Look at Psalms 103, verse 5. He satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. <clears throat> our youth is renewed like the eagles. Listen, I don't know about you, but ever since I got a hold of this when I was in, in a young man in my preteens and teenage years, I got a hold of that Scripture <clears throat> that God will renew my youth like the eagles, and I, I'm going to believe God for that. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that my youth is going to renew. And listen, if the devil's tried to come against your body, we can claim this scripture right here and say, "Lord, I'm believing you're renewing my body." Hallelujah! He'll renew our body. How many knows He renews cells in your body? They're constantly being renewed, and God can renew, and our youth can be re, 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 uh, re, re, renewed just like. Uh, like the Bible says. Restoration. Joel 2, 18 through 27. God said, I'm going to restore. 
those years that all these canker worms, all these things I've eaten, restoration is part of God's plan in the redemptive program. God wants to restore. I've seen people restored. I've seen people that were down and out and down to nothing. I had a young couple come to our church. They were living in the back of their pickup. Didn't have a place to live. We didn't know that for a long time. I said, well, it was a long time, several weeks. Because they didn't say nothing. You know, they would find a place to clean up and come on to church. And they got to, they, they started getting hold of the Word, and God began to minister to them, and they gave themselves to the Lord 100%. God began to move. And you know what? Restoration started coming to them. First thing that happened, they found them a house to live in. He started his own business in his garage making furniture. God began, to, God began to bless his business to where he had to have a place to store the furniture and, and sell it. And, I mean, God just opened it up. He began to be blessed and prospered in everything he put his hand to. He began to get invitations to the full gospel businessmen meetings to give his testimony, you know, of what God was doing in his life. He called me one day and he said, Pastor, would you like to go with me? I said, you better believe it. I said, I'll carry your Bible this time. Hallelujah. And uh, he did a great job giving his testimony. But that's restoration. God restored everything. Listen, God, God will take a life of shambles and restore it back to where it should be. Because that's the kind of God we're serving. Restoration. Praise God. Look what uh, David said when he sinned. See, nobody, nobody's exempt from falling. We all have to stay in contact with God and stay in relationship with the Lord. David fell had a two-and-a-half-year cover-up of the sin that he did. But finally, when the prophet exposed it, David could have got mad and just went further down the road. But no, he went and began to call on the Lord. And he began, and this is what he said, Psalms 51, Don't cast me away from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore, restore the joy of my salvation. Restore that peace. Restore my standing with you. Restore what I need in the Lord. I don't, how many ever read the story of Mephibosheth in the Bible? Uh, Jonathan's uh, son. You know, Jonathan and David, the Bible said their souls were knit together. God knit their souls together. And what we, what we need to understand is, is that knitting uh, uh, it, it was there. It, it made them like one. They were just one in the in the spirit. It was a covenant relationship, is what it was. Actually, in that blood covenant ritual that they had, they they actually uh, were telling each other, "What's mine is yours, and what you need, I'll have it for you. If you need protection, I'll protect you. I'll fight for you. I'll defend you because this is a covenant relationship." Well, Mephibosheth was born to Jonathan, and we know the story. Saul, King Saul, when it rose up against David, and and uh, the 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 thing was getting nasty, and and uh, he was trying to kill David, and Saul uh, Saul could have been killed by David one time, but he didn't. He just tore a little piece of his garment off and left it, and just let him know I could have took your life if I wanted to. But he went on. But then Saul and Jonathan were in battle, and in the battle that they were in, they were killed. Actually, Saul committed suicide. 
But David became the king. And he said, is there anyone in Jonathan's household that's still around here? And they said, well, Mephibosheth is down somewhere over there on the other side of the tracks over there. And his nurse has been taking care of him. And when he heard that David was looking for him, he ran. He didn't know what to do. But David said, I want you to find, I want you to find Mephibosheth, uh, an heir of Jonathan, and bring him to my place. And don't you know that that kind of scared him for just a minute? Because he said, what's he going to do for me? Is he going to kill me? Is he going to get me there to kill me? No. David prepared a place for him at the king's table. And the Bible said Mephibosheth dined at the king's table. He was restored back to that position that he lost. Thank God. God can just do something good for us. Amen. God is in charge of our lives. So listen, we're redeemed. Everybody say, I'm redeemed. I'm reconciled. And I'm restored. And if we need health restored, God wants to restore health. God will restore relationships. God will restore families. God will restore anything that we need restoration in, if we'll allow Him to. Amen. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Father, we thank You for Your Word this morning. Thank You that Your Word's truth. Father, we're just asking now, Lord, that you just move by your power and by your spirit in the lives of every individual. God, we thank you that we've been reconciled, we're redeemed, and we're restored. And we receive it now in the name of Jesus. And we just give you praise for it. And we just thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that little chorus, He's Lord. For He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And He's Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Could you shut your eyes and just sing it and say, make it personal? You're my Lord. You're my Lord. You have risen from the dead, and you're my Lord. And my knee shall bow, and my tongue. Confess that Jesus, you're my Lord.
Father, we just proclaim right now that you're Lord of our lives. Father, we thank you right now that you're Lord over sickness, disease. Lord, we just thank you that your healing power flows and restoration comes into bodies that need that total restoration of healing in their lives. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed, and we received that. And we thank you, Father. Lord, we just proclaim peace that passes all understanding, that keeps our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, just minister. Minister your peace and joy in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Take someone's hand next to you. And let's just let the power of God flow from you to that person. Father, we just join in agreement. We release our faith together. Touch, heal, restore, provide. Lord, just bring total reconciliation where it needs to be. Lord, we just give you praise and we give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for victory that's ours in the name of Jesus. And we just praise you and we rejoice. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's stand to our feet this morning. See you tonight at 6 o'clock. Well, let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all of God's people praise the Lord. Lift up those holy hands. Shake off those heavy bands. Let all of God's people praise the Lord. One more time, just before we leave. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let all of God's people praise the Lord. Lift up those holy hands. Shake up those heavy bands. Let all of God's people praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand and thank Him this morning for reconciliation, redemption, restoration. Hallelujah. It's ours. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. See you all tonight at 6 o'clock.